You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 107. I'm here with Brandon and Jimmy just a few hours after Roma's victory over Sampdoria. I believe it's their fourth in a row uh, in the league, which is uh, an impressive run considering Roma has not really been performing to their best abilities, especially in front of goal. We'll talk about that in a bit as that theme has continued into this match. But guys, a win is a win. Three points is three points with the Lazio and Udinese draws yesterday. You have to be happy with the three points and moving into the top four. Yeah, that's definitely true. I would say that you touched on this already, but the fact that Roma is in fourth place and I would say at least two or three of her top players are just severely underperforming, that's a good sign for Roma's future ceiling is how I would frame that. Um, The fact that Roma can keep pace with the top four while not getting the best of performances from Nicolo Zaniolo or Tammy Abraham while not having Paolo Dybala uh, these are all really good signs in terms of Roma's ability to make wins happen. And they don't give you more points for score- winning 5-0 instead of 1-0. Um, and so I'm I'm pretty happy with this win in terms of the long-term project. We're not going to remember uh, <laughs> we're not going to remember one win against Sampdoria, even if they end up winning the Scudetto this year. But we will remember the three points that might separate us from, you know, third and fourth place or first and second. Yeah, and it wasn't pretty or exciting by any means. I think you can argue that the Ballon d'Or ceremony was more exciting than the match uh, that was on today. But like Jimmy said, the three points is all that matters. I think it really highlights just how frustrating the loss to Atalanta is because if you look at the table, um, you know, we'd be in second spot right now if it weren't for that match. But with the massive clash against Napoli on the weekend, um, it's, it's right there for Roma to keep going up on, in the standing. So hopefully um, they continue to build up victories like this. 
Yeah, for sure. Even a draw, you mentioned the Atalanta match, a match I felt Roma should have won based on the way they performed. Even a draw in that match is a three-way tie for second with Milan and Atalanta, right? So just shows how tight things are and um, how much, like Jimmy said, those three points here or there can really make a big difference in a tight table like this. It feels good to see Roma up to fourth, um, three ahead of, or four ahead of Inter, six ahead of Juve. So they have that little bit of a cushion to work with, which is nice. Um, We'll see if they can build on it heading into the World Cup break soon. But I'll, I know these afternoon matches, lunchtime kickoff here, Eastern time zone where we all are in the United States are tough. I got to watch most of the first half live during my lunch break. Second half, I had to rely on the highlights and just kind of what I was reading. This is what Mar- Mourinho had to say about it. He got to watch the whole match, obviously, because he was the man in charge. And, you know, he's tough to please sometimes. So this is what his assessment was, his post-match quote, and we could kind of talk about it from there. So he said, first and foremost, it's a really important win. And I think one we deserved as well. I am very, very pleased because it's also clear to me that next season we'll be back here to take on a team that I really like, coached by a man who's like a younger brother to me. A team like that, that plays like they do, united and spirited as a side that won't get relegated to Serie B. Very confident about that. For that reason, I give him a special hug to a special lad, meaning Stankovic, who he coached at Inter. As far as we go, it's an important win. We've already played a lot of games this season, and the most recent one was on Thursday. We've had injuries, but we've also showed spirit, heart, organization. It was a really smart performance from us. Maybe some will have a different assessment, but we are used to that. We beat Inter because, quote-unquote, they were terrible, and they went to the Camp Nou and drew with Barcelona. We lost Atalanta, a clinical Atalanta who had just one shot on goal. Apparently, it's hard to give credit in some cases. But with all the issues we've had, all the limitations on us, we are plotting our league campaign in the best way possible today. I think we deserve to win. Perhaps we could have done it without having to suffer as much, but still, when we got to the last 20 minutes, I knew that adding Zaniolo would really hurt them. And that's how it was. We just lacked the second goal to kill it off. But nevertheless, those last 20 minutes were absolutely under our control. We earned the win. So, Brandon, you, you got to see more than Jim and I because you were uh, at home today. What, what do you make of that? Is, is that pretty much the, you know, a good assessment in your opinion? Yeah, I was kind of in and out with watching it more so had it uh, on in my headphones so it can uh, perk up when something exciting happens, which uh, there weren't very many instances of that. But having said that, I think that there I didn't feel worried at all that Santori were going to score. Um, the the defense was rock solid again um, and really cycled any threat that popped up. And so really it was a matter of uh, are, is Roma going to score another one and put the game to bed? Ultimately it didn't happen, but um, they had a few good opportunities to do so. And uh, especially when Zaviello came on, as Mourinho mentioned, he, he really opened the game up a little bit. And it, it was it was unlucky to see him off the score. He had one chalked off for being offsides that was uh, reminiscent of his goal against Sassuolo where he sat the keeper down. It wasn't as flashy as that, but it kind of had uh, the same vibe. So I really wish that it went in just for his confidence. But, um, you know, a, a win is a win, so we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with Brandon. I had it on in the background while I was working as well. Uh, Switched over every now and then to make sure I was paying attention to the important thing a little bit. Um, And uh, I would say that Zaniolo was looking like a difference maker again, which is really nice. Um, Even if that goal wasn't scored, I agree with Mourinho. He was very complimentary of Zaniolo coming in. He also mentioned that Belotti had a couple of really great chances. And as much as we uh bitch and moan about that xg not really turning into reality just yet we have an xg that's practically on par with uh manchester city right now and 
the biggest difference is that we have an out of form Tammy Abraham and a guy who unfortunately doesn't seem to be able to score right now in Zaniolo and they have Holland, um, which is, you know, a really fantastic <laughs> thing to have in your back pocket. Uh, so I would say that, first of all, I'm pretty confident that the goals will come for everyone. And I think that when the goals do come, it'll be really cool to see how far this team can go, whether that we're talking about Europa League, whether we're talking about Serie A. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho is very complimentary. Sometimes matches like this where they, they miss some big chances, he he has things that he's not too happy about. One of the reporters even brought up that he carries his notebook that he usually jots things down in. As the reporter said, things uh, he doesn't like. Mourinho said, well, it's not just the things I don't like, but also the things that you speak about. Um, there were, and the reporter said, you know, you didn't use it much. So, I mean, that, I guess, is a good thing in terms of what Mourinho wanted to see. The organization, he said, was good. He was happy that Rui Patricio didn't even have to make a save in this one nothing win. So it wasn't as nervy as the scoreline might indicate, um, he, you know, the team didn't make any mistakes at the back. He was very happy about that. I mean, the running theme this season has been Roma creates tons of chances. Uh, the XG for this one, I sent it over to you guys a little while ago. I think it was 2.60 for Roma to 0.26 for Sam. So clearly they didn't concede much, but they had some big chances. According to SofaScore, they had six big chances. Five of them were missed. The one that was made was obviously Pellegrini's penalty kick. Um, Bel- Belotti missed two. Zaniolo missed two, but even in that sense, um, you know, Mourinho did compliment those players. Like Jimmy said, he was very complimentary of what Zaniolo did coming in against a tired defense, really gave them issues. You know, Brandon mentioned the offside goal. He also had a couple other chances. He was in on goal, you know, Belotti had one where he probably should have slid it across to Pellegrini and that, that would have killed off the game. He took the shot. Can't always blame a striker for taking a shot. You want your strikers to, to want the goal. Right. Um, but I mean, what what has to happen for Roma to, to get these goals? I mean, we've been talking about it, I guess, every week. The thing that, that concerns me besides that, though, is 41% possession against Samp. I understand they were defending a lead, but I don't know. I like to see a little more possession against a weaker side where Roma can kind of dictate play a little bit. I guess it's just not in their identity this season, but it's not like they were playing Napoli up, up a goal where they were defending a lead. It was Sam. I mean, my take on that is that the current – defensive weaknesses that we have not because of our center backs but because our wing backs are being run ragged both by injuries and everything else like we're playing with Zalewski who I still was under the impression is really a winger um we're having him play on the right right now we're having El Shirawi play on the left like we're I don't think that this I, I think that if we had our full retinue of fullbacks at full strength that we would be able to dictate play a bit more, able to have more possession. Um, I'll be interested to see how much uh, maybe more starts for Kamara might change this as well, because I really liked what I saw from Kamara. Granted, it was against Sam, but I liked what I saw, and I thought that that pairing with Cristante made more sense to me than the Matic-Cristante pairing from what I saw today. Um, So I think there's a lot of factors that might change that possession thing. It's concerning for sure. But I think that especially when we have our fullbacks back and especially once the midfield gets sorted, whether that's with Wijnaldum coming back or Kamara slotting in, um, I think that we'll be in better shape. Yeah, I also liked what I saw from Kamara, um, his last couple of appearances. And I think for uh, today, for me, the standout or at the moment that'll stick in my mind. Um, and I think it's kind of indicative of the uh, Kamara experience as far as uh 
there was a moment in the first half where he had the ball and he uh, passed it back and right away uh, ran into the space. And I think a more confident Roma would have, uh, you know, that ball would have been played back into him and he would have had a decent shot in on goal. Um, and then the ball ultimately ended up getting passed back and you could see the moment of frustration uh, for Camaro for not receiving the ball, but that's the kind of play that I want to see from at least one of the two in the pivot, um, you know, getting forward. And, and, and that's, and hopefully that's something we'll see more going forward. Hopefully Camaro uh, will continue to get more and more starts under his belt to be able to do uh, actions like that. Uh, but ultimately, I think I'm not so worried about the possession. I think with an eye to Napoli this weekend, you had to get the three points no matter what. And I think we all know by now this is kind of Mourinho's style where he's going to see possession look to hit on the counter. Um, so seeing the possession numbers weren't wasn't a surprise to me by any means. And if it gets Roma back into top four in advance of this match against Napoli this weekend, I'm not really going to complain. I, I do agree that it would be nice to add two, three, four goals against these bottom of the table sides. Um, this, if I remember correctly, this is what our third 1-0 win against one of the bottom dwellers. Um, so not ideal, but like I said, with Mourinho, it's all about getting the win. And I think with the night at Napoli, it's, um, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, the, the three points were the most important thing. That was imperative, especially with uh, the results at the top of the table yesterday um, with that 0-0 draw, very unexpected between Udinese and Lazio. And then, you know, Napoli looming, you had to pick up the three points, give yourself that little bit of, not even cushion, but just give yourself the security that you're not going to drop points two matches in a row because who knows what's going to happen with Napoli. We'll get into that match um, at, at the end of the show. There was another match that we didn't get to talk about prior to today, which was the Batiste match. And I think one thing Mourinho brought up was the organization and and just being, you know, smart about things today. Very different than what happened on Thursday. The one goal Roma did give up to Batiste was off a very poor pass um, from Spinazzola from his wing toward the middle of the pitch. Took a big deflection of the shot off Ibanez and went in. And it was another one of those matches where Roma just conceded early. I think it was like the 20, 34th minute. So it wasn't super early, but it was still in the first half. Really the only, you know, shot I think from Batiste up to that point from what I remember watching again, it was a lunchtime kickoff. So I got to watch the first half at work. And then, um, you know, they had to call their way back and Belotti got the goal on a nice play from Kamara. So it wasn't just today that Kamara started to open eyes a little bit. You know, he's still got plenty of work to do to get up to, to speed and get adjusted to Serie A. And, you know, he's coming from Greece, but he's starting to show those little flashes where he makes those runs into the box, like you guys said. And, he set up that Belotti goal. So just to touch on the Europa League, since we didn't record after that one, how are you feeling about that 1-1 at Betis? Not an easy place to play. We've mentioned that team's been tough. They came to Rome and got the result. Um, but now Roma's three points off of second place. I think it's relatively feasible for Romanisti to expect Roma to make it to the knockout rounds. Is it slightly embarrassing that it'll be probably happening in second place? Like, yeah. But I think that I still expect two wins for, to close out the group stage. Um, regarding Batiste, I mean, we've played them a couple times now in the past year or two, and it's been spicy uh, each time that we've played them. I'm not exactly 
sure why <laughs> um like there was a brawl in that friendly that we played against them in the in the uh first summer with Mourinho I don't I don't even know why that actually happened back in the day but uh I would say that with the Spinazzola error he is kind of the biggest question mark to me in the starting 11 like in the any strong starting 11 like if we're all healthy he's nominally the starting left wing back I as much as I want to see Zalewski as a winger in the future I'm becoming more and more interested in the idea that maybe Spinazzola is not like the long-term starter at left wing back based off of how he's been playing because I feel like we've been seeing him make these mistakes a lot more recently and that doesn't strike me as an issue with um injury recovery that just strikes me as mental lapses that aren't really acceptable I think that assessment of Spina is uh pretty in line with what most of us thought of him prior to uh, his run of form leading up to the Euros and then his performance in those Euros uh, before the injury. So I think it's fair to be skeptical of him still, especially when he's, you know, in a poor run of form at the moment. Um, I'm confident that he can recapture that form just because, I mean, he he really was on a tear leading up into that period. And I think... um, he was probably the most informed player in Europe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, he has the capacity to do so. It's just a question of whether or not it's going to come out. But I'm fine riding with him for the immediate future. Um, as for the Batiste result, I think obviously a draw was crucial at minimum. Um, disappointing that they didn't get the win. But even more crucially, uh, not only – does the point boost uh, Roma's chances to qualify to the to the knockout rounds, but also uh, gives Batista reason to field field its strongest team next match day when they when they face Ludogorets, um, because the 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 group is still in the balance in terms of winning it outright. So you'll you'll see them um, play their strongest team. Oh yeah, they do they do play Ludogorets next. Yeah, so perfect. So. Um, you'll have a full strength Batiste then, then, and you would peg them to win against Ludogorets, and then from there it's just uh, a win and in match for Roma on the final match day. But it, we all knew it was going to be tough playing these two fixtures. I, it's so cruel that Roma lost that first match the way they, they did, but uh, it both matchups went about is what we expected, which is these teams are neck and neck. Um, and it was just fine margins here and there that were the difference in that first game, but ultimately we're in a position to qualify. And even if we have to face the, uh, the sharks of the champions league, as Mourinho put it in the, uh, in the next round, I'm happy to just get there. And we all know Mourinho's track record in knockout pictures. So even if worst case scenario, we end up, going up against Barcelona, I think we still have a puncher's chance, uh, especially with the chances that we're creating. With how especially against this Barcelona. Performing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they don't scare me too much, man. They'll they'll surely be crest fallen to have dropped out of the Champions League. And so that could be another advantage if, um, you know, in this hypothetical scenario or Roma are matched up with them. But crucial point, we'll see how the rest of these next two games go. But as Jamie said, you, you know, you have to win these two and you, that Roma to do so. 
Yeah, I mean, if they finish second, you know, I don't find that embarrassing against a team like Betis. It's not like uh, one of those conference league groups where you got three teams you've never heard of before. I think the, the the point was very big. Like you said, it forces Betis to play against Ludogratz next match. It also means that a head-to-head against Ludogratz, you beat them by more than a goal, should be enough if you beat Helsinki um, because the head-to-head goal differential will come out in Roma's favor. Um, so that's really what's going to come down to right now. It comes down to win against Helsinki. You suspect Betis, you know, maybe gets a point against Ludogratz or something, and then you know it's you win and you're you're through. But even if you know Ludogratz goes somehow and beats Betis, which is unexpected, Roma is still within three points with a head-to-head to finish, and you should hope they get through. And it, you know, like you said, Mourinho's track record against these these sharks, so to speak, that might fall in the Champions League. If you draw one of the the top ones, you draw them, and and you gotta you gotta do your business if you want to get to you know another trophy. You're gonna have to get through some good teams in this competition, regardless. I mean, you look, United second in their group behind uh, Sociedad, so they're going to have to go through that route if things don't change. Um, and some other teams will be stuck in that position. So it's not going to be easy. You want to win a trophy, you're going to have to you're gonna have to fight for it. So, you know, looking ahead, finally a match week that does not have a Thursday fixture for Roma. They finally get a full week of training, rest up some guys that maybe need a little rest. Um, they've been playing a lot of minutes. You know, Pellegrini took a, a hard knock in the first half. Maybe a, a day or two of rest before training will will do him well and some of these other guys. But Sunday is the big one. Uh, Derby del Sud, maybe the most anticipated one in a few years, at least since, since you know, Roma and Napoli were the two biggest challengers to the Juve title about five, six years ago, probably in terms of standing. So it's funny because if you look at these teams XG and XG allowed, it looks like, you know, two identical sides, right? We talk about all the time. If if Roma were playing on XG, they'd be a title challenger for sure. So far this season, Roma's created a two point uh two twenty-four point seven seven XG in 10 matches. So they should be scoring about two and a half goals a match. In reality, they've scored 13 goals. They've their XG says they should only have conceded 6.14 and they've conceded nine. So underperforming a little bit on defense too at times giving up some high-quality chances will lead to that. Napoli, on the other hand, is creating a lot. They've created 25.03 XG, and they've converted 25 goals. So they're doing exactly what they should be doing. Uh, conceded nine, and uh, their XG is a little under nine, about eight and a half. So on paper, these teams should be perfectly matched in terms of what they're creating, the way they're, they're playing. The difference is Roma's not finishing goals. So, I mean, we're looking ahead at the team that's at the top of the table, one of only four teams in Europe that's still unbeaten. It also includes Atalanta, a team that we lost to. Uh, and then it's uh, PSG and Real Madrid. So Napoli's in good company. And it's not just on the peninsula that they're really killing it. I mean, they have been killing it in Europe. They beat Liverpool. They beat Ajax twice. Um, forget the other team in their group, but they're cruising. So what's it going to take for Roma to beat Napoli on Sunday at the Olympico? They got to kidnap Kavara. Um, no, I, I mean, I mean, no, that, seriously though, man, that, that guy's been incredible. Like just out of nowhere, you gotta, gotta tip your hat to whoever scouted him for uh, Napoli. Cause he's been, he's 21. He's looking fantastic. He's the type of guy that, you know, we all wish Schick would become um, at least in Rome. Uh, Cause he's, he's done good elsewhere. Um, more seriously though. Uh, I'm still very skeptical about Napoli's long-term ability to be at the top of the table simply because it's a Luciano Spalletti team and it's a Luciano Spalletti team. So that means that they're going to fall apart in January, February. I've seen this show before with him in Rome. Um, But for tomorrow, for next weekend's match in particular, I think that 
we're going to have to see a lot of defensive integrity um, based off of how Roma has played against other big clubs, uh, both last season and this, it all starts at the back for them in these matches. Uh, if they're able to get a quick goal, then things can be blown open really quickly as we've seen when they play Lazio and Atalanta. But against this Napoli side, my guess is that we'll be really expecting a lot of the Chris Smalling, Rodri Banyas and Gianluca Mancini uh, this Sunday. Uh, I would also add that, you know, out of all of the parts of the squad, the most comfortable that I'm, I am, I'm most comfortable with those center backs. Uh, they've all been very good this season. Um, Ibanez has been good. Mancini no longer gets yellow cards, apparently, except like once or twice. Like he's, that's night and day compared to how he was last season. And he was good last season too. He just was a magnet for yellow cards. Um, and Smalling is still looking like one of the best center backs in Italy, let alone Europe. So I have confidence heading into this match that if they play their game well and don't give up an easy goal at the beginning or don't have like a brain dead moment with a Spinazzola or a Karsdorp, because those two, I'm sorry, are just like enemies number one and two for brain dead moments leading to a goal. That um, I think that at least a draw can be found and maybe even a win. Yeah, so... I think I think it definitely falls on the defense. Um, I think a small Dini masterclass is a prerequisite for if Roma want to get anything out of this game. Um, and one of Abanez or Mancini, preferably all three or both of them, will need to have a similar high quality game and contain some of these attacking threats that Napoli just seems to have an endless supply of. Um, I wish I could be confident in our ability to outscore them, but that's just not the case, <laughs> especially at this point in time. Um, maybe if Roma were fully healthy and firing all, all cylinders, it could be one of those classic 4-3 shootouts that we've seen in seasons past. But I think this will be a quintessential Mourinho park the bus, look to hit on the counter, shut, shut up, shot. Wow, tongue twister. Um, shut down shop if we get that that first that crucial first goal and and kind of ride it out for either a win or a draw um that's the only way at this point in time i can see roma getting anything out of this match just because of how devastating napoli have been uh it doesn't matter if you're bottom of the league in city a or liverpool or ajax or what have you these dudes are just going to put goals in the net and um but it is reassuring to see that in terms of XG, Roma's right up there with them. So they do have the capacity to do it. But I do think it's going to fall on the defense to kind of ride this one out. Yeah, I expect us to have to defend in this one. Like you said, it's that it seems to be set up as that classic Mourinho defense, try to hit on the counter. Roma has tried to play like that a lot this season, even against sometimes the clubs that they're, quote unquote, you know, bigger than or better than and more talented than. This Napoli side is going to be tough. I'm um, curious to see how Spalletti approaches it. He's been playing Raspadori as his striker at this point. The past four or five matches, I just looked. You know, you have Osimhen's an option. You have Giovanni Simeone's a reserve striker for this team. It just shows the attacking depth they have. Uh, Coverchelli has been absolutely otherworldly since he's come over. I was, I will be the first to admit, I was very skeptical about this Napoli rebuild. People saying, you know, that they should, they'll be competing for top four. I didn't think they had enough in terms of you know just trying to get these players in line and and competing right away and they've proved me wrong i would be the first to admit it 
Um, you know, you're gonna have to deal with some combination of those players, maybe Politano, maybe Lozano in the attack. So the defense will be busy. And if they go without Osiman, then it becomes more of a fluid front three, I'd imagine, with Raspadori makes the defense, those three center backs job even tougher because you know, Ibanez is is decently quick, but the the other two, not the, the fleetest of foot, and it's hard to mark sometimes those smaller attackers like uh a Raspadori in those tight spaces. So that'll get interesting. Um I'm curious to see how Mourinho approaches the midfield. Does he go Machic Cristante or is that too slow of a midfield? I don't think he should, but, you know, we've kind of seen the trust in his, you know, grizzled veteran, um, old old soldier, Matic, but against his midfield, it could get tough. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I, I think Inguisa will be out for this one from what I remember seeing. I think he is injured, but you have to deal with Zelinski. Labotka has been very good from them, from what I've read. Uh, and Dumbele is part of the squad. I mean, they've got a lot of options there too. And um, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I Obviously, I think Mourinho prefers this to be a lower scoring match. I think if it gets higher scoring the way Roma's been finishing, then Roma could get in trouble. But Napoli can pour in the goals. But we saw against Bologna this week, they had trouble. They gave up two and they had to find a third to win it. So, I mean... If this match gets into a shootout, does, does Roma have any chance? No, zero. Not a chance. Unless if we had unless... Dybala, if we had Dybala, then maybe, but we don't have Dybala right now, so I would say no. Also, is, is Juan Jesus starting? That's another. <laughs> that one. I don't, I don't understand how him and Mario Rui, I know Rui's not in the picture uh, anymore uh, over at Napoli as a starter. I don't think as a regular starter, at least, but. My goodness, like how do these guys get starts all the time at Napoli? It, I don't I don't get it. If both are healthy, I need Spalletti to troll us so hard and have both Mario Rui and Juan Jesus uh playing starting together. Oh Jesus. And they actually both did start against Bologna yesterday. Yeah, um, see, there you go. And Juan Jesus scored a goal. Juan <laughs> yep. Jesus scored a goal, the uh first one, the opener in the forty-fifth minute to to level it. So I mean it's certainly possibility they both are i just especially mario Rui, he didn't show me much in his year in roman all these years in napoli I, I don't get it but that's just me yeah so i guess on our end it's you would like to see zaniello go at juan jesus I, I, i'll take my chances on that matchup um <laughs> if if that's if that's what spalletti decides to go with in the back so it's going to be moments like that where you know you're gonna have to pick on some of these weaknesses that Napoli have. Um, I know he's been performing well enough for Napoli to this point, but we that's a player that you're familiar with. You know, you know what his weaknesses are. So um I, I trust Marino to figure out how best to do that. And I think we have the players to exploit it. It's just and it it might end up coming down to um, you know, it seems like an easy answer, but it might be end up being a confidence thing. Uh mm-hmm. if these Roma players think they they can take the game to Napoli and get something out of it, then I like our chances against what they have. But, um, you know, if they get rocked by an early goal in the beginning, it might be tough sledding. Yeah, I was going to say, I think first goal is going to be big in this one. Um, because if Roma wants to defend and play counterattack, if you get that first goal, it gives you a little more of that ability to do that. If you fall behind a goal or two, uh, it, it becomes tough sledding the way Roma's been playing. Uh, the style and the, the fact that they're going to have to finish some goals. I think Mourinho's got some big personnel decisions to make in this one. I, I mean, Patricio and the three center backs are a given, but 
you know, you have to make a decision. Do you play Pellegrini the double pivot? Do you play him behind the striker or strikers? Do you give Spinazzola the start? I think Spinazzola probably starts, but then you think about Zalewski. Is Zalewski starting on the right, or do you give Karsdorp a chance? Is he fit enough to start from the beginning against a team that's this in form? With Carvacellia coming down that side, he lines up on their left wing, um, at least in the starting 11 the way it's aligned. Which one of those guys can defend that, and who's going to help Mancini the most? Because Mancini's going to need help against them, you would think, because you don't want to give him too many one-on-ones. Um and then you have to think about it, what's the double pivot look like, right? Does Agnolo get the start or do you go the the double striker again? I mean, how, how do you guys, how would you feel most comfortable approaching this match, assuming we're going to have to probably play in a counterattack? Well, as you said, I think uh, obviously Rui and the and the back three um, are settled. I think you start Spinazzola and Zalewski on the wings again. Um, and then I would go Camara Cristante again in the pivot. Um, have Pellegrini play in behind uh, the two strikers. And I think if I were going to be bold, I would go with Bellotti and Zaniolo up top. I don't think Mourinho will do that. I think I could I could see him saving Nicolo for the second half, similarly to what we saw um, against Sampdoria. He obviously loved his cameo um, in this match. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he saved him for, for a similar type of impact, especially if the game is close uh, with that idea in mind. But if it were up to me, I would probably go with Bolotti Zaniolo just because Abraham has been struggling a bit. Um, and it definitely couldn't hurt to have a, you know, fresh Abraham coming off the bench, running at tired legs. Uh, we've seen that before. And, He's been effective in doing it. It hasn't been often, but I think that's another option Mourinho could go with as well. Yeah, no notes. I would say that I'm hoping for a Belotti Zaniolo front two. I'm expecting an Abraham Belotti front two. Um, that other than that, I'm pretty sure that I could write out the the starting eleven today and probably be right on Sunday. <laughs> do you go Zalewski or do you go Karsdorp if he's fit enough? I don't. Eh. Jimmy uh, hates Karsdorp. I, I know, I know <laughs> no, you love Zalewski. No. I, know I used to get. Yeah, I used to hate Karsdorp, and he really turned me around last season. The problem is that I have, I feel like this season we've been similar to Spinazzola, seeing a regression to the mean, and I don't. Uh, they're the two Spinny and Karsdorp are the two most likely to make like a boneheaded mistake these days, and that really always annoys me. Um, I would prefer Zalewski, even though I submit that he's still being misused. And like, I, I do worry we're going to be in like a, a Alessandro Florenzi situation where he just gets shoved into being a fullback. And then suddenly you've lost this guy who had a lot of talent, who could be, could be doing something totally different. Like he doesn't play this way for the Polish national team. Um, he just does it for Mourinho because like, Mourinho is telling him to do it, which I respect. He's a young player; he's got to earn his stripes. But at the same time, hopefully, he gets to play in position at some point soon. Yeah, I think the big difference with him is this is more of a wing back, so he can still use his offensive traits a little more than Florenzi. I think if Roma goes to a back four, he becomes more of an option uh, elsewhere. Hopefully, for yeah. his sake, like you said. Um, yeah, I mean, I at this point, I probably go Zalewski just because I know he's fit and he's kind of in form. Karsdorp coming back from an injury, no, no minutes under his belt, kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I think Spinazzola starts. I would like to see Kamara Cristante, like like Brandon said. 
I'm afraid I'm going to see Matic Cristante out there just because that seems to be the way Mourinho operates. But I'm just worried against that Napoli midfield, which has been so good. Luckily, Guisa is is probably out, but it's still a, a tough midfield to play against. Um, I also would like to see the Zaniola Belotti start because I think Abraham's been struggling a bit. I think Belotti could could bang Kim around a little bit, maybe wear him out a little bit, and maybe when Abraham comes in later in the match, he's a little fatigued. Abraham's lankier body could cause him some problems or something. But um, and pace. But um, I think Pellegrini probably plays more forward. I think it's two of the other three in the in the double pivot, I think we're looking at. But it's going to be certainly an interesting tactical matchup, um, man management, kind of a chess, chessboard match, I think, especially from the way Mourinho approaches things. At home, I feel like Roma needs at least a draw in this match. I mean, I, I really hope they can come out and at least get a result. Napoli beating them will be very difficult, the form they're in, but I think a result would go a long way for Roma, even if it is a draw, because after losing to Atalanta at home already, you don't want to drop another home match to one of these big sides. I mean, you, you went to San Siro and won. You've proven you could beat these top sides. Now you have to defend the home turf, I think. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not making a prediction. I don't think you guys want to make a prediction in a match like this, but um, so we've got about five days. We have to wait for this one. I'm looking forward to this one more than uh, a lot of matches that have come up this season. Luckily it's on a Sunday, not a Monday. Like we've had so many um, because of this compressed schedule, but guys, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, you are correct in saying that I don't want to make a prediction. I won't. <laughs> I'm sure you could guess what it would be, but I won't. Um, but I don't know. These matches are always fun. So I'm excited to watch it regardless of, the result obviously rooting for a rum of win but we'll see on that front but yeah these games are usually pretty entertaining so i think we all have that to look forward to at least a win is a win is what i'm going to leave you with because i've been seeing a lot of people complain about one zero wins recently and as much as i do sometimes worry myself about like a, oh if we're only winning by one zero what happens when we don't get that one goal at the same time roma has spent so long playing beautiful football and losing that I'd much rather be in a situation where Roma wins way more often and is in, in the fight for the top four and the football is maybe a little bit less pretty. Yeah, I'd gladly take a one nothing win in this one. So we'll see what happens. We'll Hopefully Roma's hanging around the top four another week after this because it would go a long way into, you know, the rest of the November before we head into the World Cup. So Stick with us this week for coverage. We'll be back, you know, with all the regular coverage of the weekend for the match. And then uh, we'll be back next weekend to hopefully break down a Roma victory. Thanks again for listening. 